Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The FBS consists of 133 schools, and my next guest previewed every single team as we get you ready for the start of the college football season right here. It's time for the College Football Legends Podcast. The players. We're going to hit somebody, and we're taking downfield for a touchdown. I guarantee you that. The coaches. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The plays. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. And so much more. College football legends. Heroes come and go, but legends live forever. Welcome to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith. Send me a topic or question on Twitter at the Sports Jesus. That's at the Sports Jesus. Do you know the number one source for all your betting needs? <laughs> it's Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. But remember, use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's Bet Online, where the game starts. The FBS currently is divided into the Power Five conferences, the Group of Five, and of course the Independents, which make up 133 schools in the FBS. Now we know all that's going to change in 2024 with the slow teams leaving their conferences. But we break down the top teams in every conference as it exists in 2023 with my special guest on the show, Steve Hegel, president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's Steve Hegel, H-I-E-G-E-L. Thanks for joining me, Steve. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So the wait is over, and it's time for college football. What a busy offseason you had at JustCollegeFootball.net. You were able to manage a preview for all 133 FBS teams. First, congratulations on putting all those man hours in. But first, let's talk about the chaos we've been seeing as story programs leaving other conferences First off, is all the moving and shaking good for college football? I say no. I, I just think it's chaos. And I, this is going to be a remarkable season this year in the Pac-12, too, with with, um, with the teams that are left. I think it's going to be one of the best seasons in the Pac-12 ever, if not the best ever. And the fact that that gigantic news came out that pretty much the entire conference was <laughs> leaving. <laughs> exactly. Well, who do you think won the sweepstakes, Big Ten, SEC, or Big 12? And I know they're not even finished yet. Yeah, I, I think I think the sweepstakes was won by the Big 12, to be honest with you. Uh, you had Colorado, then you pick up Arizona, the two Arizona schools and Utah. Of course, you picked up um, last, uh, you know, starting this year, UCF, uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU. Um, this year is going to be an excellent year in the Big 12. It's going to be maybe the best year ever, probably the best year ever in the Big 12, in the fact that you still have Texas and Oklahoma hang, hanging around for one more year. So exactly. that, that conference is going to be ridiculously tough this year. Um, and then, of course, next year you'll add the, the four teams to replace the two that are leaving plus the ones you have left over. And God only knows if they're done. So yeah. I would have to definitely get with the Big 12. So. Going with the Big 12, it is. We'll see how it shakes out. Now let's jump right into the top programs at every conference. And I need your top two you think will be playing for the championship in each respective conference, starting with the Power Five and one that just memes more the, the Southeastern Conference. conference. The SEC, the 2023 season will be the final one with divisions for the SEC. 
as the conference will eliminate them in 2024 with the arrival of Oklahoma, like you said, and Texas to the league. Before that happens, who will be in the SEC championship game this fall? No, it was this was a tough one to do, but I, I, I mean, coming down to it, you know, I, I, I went back and forth over it a couple of different times, but I'd say Georgia over Alabama, just like it's just the same. A lot, a lot of times, it's the same two teams, like those two teams, and that's what I got again this year. Yeah, what'd you like most about uh, Georgia trying to threepeat? Uh, I was just doing their preview, finished up the previews uh, for the SEC this week, and I just did their preview this morning. I think they can do it. I think it's going to be really difficult, but I think they can do it. Um, their schedule is manageable. I think it's all going to come down to that SEC championship game. I mean, they got that road game at Tennessee. Um, and then, of course, the college football playoff, depending who they draw. Uh, but, yeah, I think they can definitely do it. Of course, everybody's saying the biggest question for them is going to be the quarterback battle. Yeah, exactly. The quarterback and if they can take control Who replaces Stetson Bennett when 29-3 and is the starting quarterback for the Bulldogs? The second-best winning percentage in the SEC. I'm going to go off the dogs also. They feature a pair of marquee wide receivers transferring in from the other SEC schools and their defense after having eight defensive players selected in the 2022 NFL draft. They return over two-thirds of its defensive production from last year. And like you said, the schedule, the Bulldogs open the season with four straight home games for the first time since 1999. One team I'm not sold on is Alabama, and for the first time since 2015, there's no clear air to Alabama's quarterback thrown with Bryce Young leaving for the draft. So I'm going to go out on a limb with the other team. I'm going with the Razorbacks. Yes. Suey Pig, yes. They got a uh, big dual threat QB, KJ Jefferson, coming back to Fayetteville for his fifth year. Jefferson is one of five SEC players with multiple seasons of uh, 2,500 pass yards and 500 rushing yards, joining notable Heisman Trophy winners like Tim Tebow, Johnny Menzel, and NFL star Dak Prescott. And on the defensive site, big success on that offense. The Razorbacks' defense lag. That's what's going to really hold them back. And their schedule is absolutely brutal. The Hogs yeah. play true road games against three preseason top 25 teams, LSU, Old Miss, and Alabama, and also travel to the Swamp to face Florida. But I like what they're doing down there in Arkansas, and that's going to be my dark horse pick. And we're speaking with the president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net, Steve Hegel. Give him a follow on Twitter at Steve Hegel, H-I-E-G-E-L. The, the Big, Big Ten, Ten Conference. Conference. Let's head on over to the Big Ten Conference, which will disband the East and West Division format for 2024. So we still have this season. And with Michigan being crowned last year's conference champ, who will battle for the Big Ten this year on December 2nd at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis? I got, Michigan, I got Michigan and Wisconsin. Give me a little background on each one of those teams. Sure. Uh, Michigan, I, I just think they're just going to be a step above Ohio State again this year. I I really like Penn State, but I just think they're going to fall short when they have to play Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, yeah that's exactly I think what I was gonna, looking at. I think they're going to be the only two losses for the Nittany Lions all year. And then Wisconsin, I, I just think that they're just going to be a little bit better in the competition. Uh, I think the new coach, Luke Fickle, is going to do a great job. Um, they got the transfer quarterback coming in, and I, I want to, I will want to say Iowa with with a crazy uh, um, contract uh, negotiation with um, the offensive coordinator and how he has to put up so many points and win games and everything else just to keep his job. Yeah, exactly. I, well, we I, talked I, about the transfer Q, QB coming in there from Michigan. Yeah, and the, the quarterback. I, I just, I, I can't. And their defense is always great. I just can't pick them. I, I just, I, I got to go with Wisconsin. 
the, the standby. I just got to pick Wisconsin. I think I think in a couple of years you could definitely see in, like a Nebraska push. I think Maverick is going to do a great job there. I'll give them some props. I think it's going to take a couple of years, though, for him to get his players in there. Um, this year, I think they can maybe get the bowl eligibility. But uh, as for this season, I think Wisconsin is going to take the West. Well, Michigan does have a Charmin soft schedule early. The Wolverines play four in a row at home to open the season. Three non-conference by game is against East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green before the Big Ten opener against Rutgers. I don't know if they're going to falter in Big Ten play. Like you said, Ohio State and Michigan will both play Penn State. I think Penn State's going to take one of those. I'm going to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. They've had a signal caller finish in the top five nationally in total QBR in each of the past five seasons. So it's going to be McCord or Brown. Both were top 100 recruits. No matter who the QB is, they have a dynamic option to throw to. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. Harrison recorded seven 100-yard receiving games this past season, tied for second most in a season in Ohio State history. The defense is bringing back a number of key defenders, headlined by a pair of former Top five overall recruits, Jack Sawyer and JT. I'm also going to pick Wisconsin as well. And like you said, Luke Fickle, he's won the fourth most games of any head coach in the FBS over the past five years. He's also famous for guiding Cincinnati to a 13-1 record in 2021, getting them into the CFP, the first group of five team to do so since the playoffs' inception since 2014. Badgers offense might have found the perfect QB to run their offense. Former SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai entering his sixth season in the FBS. Mordecai threw for over 7,000 yards and 72 pass TDs. Also get third-year running back Braylon Allen, who began his tenure in Madison with consecutive seasons of 1,200 yards rushing and 10 rush TDs. Their schedule looks pretty favorable, too. They avoid Michigan and Penn State all together in 2023 and get Ohio State at home October 28th. The The Big Big 12 Conference. Well, let's move on over to the Big 12. They're going to operate as a 14-team league, like you mentioned, for at least one season with the additions of BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF. Meanwhile, the league's two most storied programs, Oklahoma and Texas, will be coming over in 2024. We'll get to that next year. The Big 12 is the only Power 5 conference to crown three different champions over the last three seasons. During that stretch, six different teams have played in the Big 12 championship game. So who do you have this year? I have uh, It's going to be a rematch of the uh, Red River Shootout, Texas and Oklahoma again. Ooh, music to everyone's ears. So in in the swan song, in their time in the Big 12 before they head over to the SEC, you're saying it's going to be. They're going to play each other twice. They're going to play each other twice. Yep. (laughs) Now, the second game, the second game, I believe, is played at uh, Arlington and Jerry Jones Stadium. I don't know if they ever move it, do they? Jerry's World. No, he owns it all down there. Yeah, so that'd be that. First game in the Cotton Bowl, second game in Arlington. So, but it's going to be Texas, Oklahoma, all over again. Big uh, split stadium of Oklahoma and Texas fans. And you like uh, you like what Sark's doing down there uh, for the Longhorns. Yeah, yeah, I think he's doing a great job, and I think they're they're going to take the next step this season. Um, Be interesting to see if because now, of course, I remember when Kaneers got hurt last year. Of course, you got now you got uh, Arch Manning to go in there right away, so they're not going to have a drop off a quarterback. They have a lot of skill position players that can. You know, they can make noise. I I, I think Texas is going to have a really good season. Yeah, I'm going with Texas as well. Sark enters his third season of 40 acres, 13 and 12 record. But of the Longhorns, 12 losses, 10 of those have been just one possession, including all five last season losses. Quinn yours 
like you said, and Arch Manning going to be battling it out. And aiding Ewers' potential leap in year two is the fact that each of the five offensive linemen that started in all 13 games for the Longhorns will return. The Longhorns will retool that defense that finished second in the Big 12 in scoring last season, but will return first team all Big 12 linebacker Jalen Ford. The other for me is going to be the Kansas State Wildcats. Maybe it's steady under fifth-year coach Chris Kleiman, whom the school signed through 2030. K-State was the only school to knock off TCU prior to the college football playoff last season when it edged the Horned Frogs in the Big 12 title game. But job one is going to replace Deuce Vaughn, the running back and quarterback Adrian Martinez. K-State's new QB will look like it's old. Will Howard, who won three of his 10 starts in 2020 and 2021 before giving way to Martinez Howard. Filled in admirably for Martinez in five starts a year ago, going four and one, posted a total QBR of 83. So I'm thinking the offense is going to keep moving. He could turn to freshman quarterback Avery Johnson, 77th overall prospect in 2023 and a third ranked dual threat QB in the class. One thing K-State did right last season, won the turnover battles at defense, plus 12 turnover margin. Tied for the fourth best among Power 5 schools. And we have a special guest back on the show, Steve Hegel, president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's Steve Hegel. That's H-I-E-G-E-L. All right, let's switch on over to the, the Atlantic, Atlantic Coast, Coast Conference. Conference. The ACC. And after being represented in each of the first seven installments of the college football playoff, the ACC missed out on the playoff in back-to-back years. Instead of sending division winners, the two teams with the highest conference winning percentage will play in the ACC championship game. Who are your top two and who's winning the conference? I got Florida State and Clemson in the championship game, and I got Florida State beating Clemson. Ooh, knocking yeah. off the big dog. What What yes, do you I like about gonna, Florida State? I just I just love their overall, it's just their growth. I mean, it seems like each year they're just taking that next step, and I think, I think this year they're going to take the final step. Uh, I like Clemson's team. I, I kind of have hesit- a little hesitation about the quarterback, and I think he's going to be really good quarterback, but I don't think he got enough playing time last year. Throwing him into the fire this year, I think they're going to slip up a couple times. Um, they do have a tough schedule. They play, they do play Clemson. I'm screaming Clemson. They do play Notre Dame and Florida State at home, but they do have a couple other tough uh, road games. They got to play Miami. Um, I believe they play North Carolina, but I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to double check. Um, North Carolina State, they play on the road. They do play North Carolina. Clemson does, but at home. So they have a lot of easier games at home. I just think, I think coming out of the gate, I think they could even possibly slip up at Duke that first weekend on Labor Day uh, night when they play that game at Duke. Yeah, yeah Duke and, is uh, sneaky Durham. good. Yeah, so that could be a sneaky, uh, tough game for them. So I, I just think overall, I think Florida State's going to just have a, just a better season uh, with what they have returning. Um, and they're going to be Clemson. I think it's going to be a good game in the championship game, but I think Florida State's going to beat them. Florida State takes it after Clemson winning seven of the last eight seasons. They have won the ACC. You are going with Florida State. Well, you know what, Steve? I want to pick the Tar Heels. Not only do we both love them in basketball, but I want to pick them. The story for North Carolina orbits around Drake May, the Heisman candidate. 45 touchdowns responsible for last season, most by freshman in ACC history, surpassing James Winston's 44 in 2013, over 5,000 yards total offense, also an ACC freshman record. But UNC's top two wide receivers in 2022 are gone. 
They combined for 40% of the team's reception. So I'm going also with Florida State coming off its first 10-win season since 2016. Seminoles ended the season scoring 35 points in six straight games. So they're going to see if they can continue that trend. And Jordan Travis back for his sixth collegiate season after leading the ACC in a total QBR of 86. Trey Benson back, too, leading rusher, 990 yards, rushing nine TDs. Leading receiver Johnny Wilson is also back after getting almost 900 yards and five TDs from 2022. So the offense looks like it is going to be fantastic. But speaking of fantastic, it's the other side of the ball, Steve. Florida State bringing back almost every primary defender from the unit that led the ACC in total defense. Star edge rusher Jared Verse back in Tallahassee after racking up nine sacks last season. And like you said about their schedule, Seminoles begin September in Orlando, Florida against the LSU Tigers, which is going to be a make or break game for them. Wrap up the month at Death Valley against the Clemson Tigers. And that's who I'm, my other team is as well. The Clemson Tigers had a few problems with the ACC of late. They won seven of the last eight, though, uh, during Dabo Swinney's tenured. The offense will be in the hands of new offense coordinator Garrett Riley, who is fresh off leading TCU's offense at a college football playoff. And uh, Cade Klubnick will take the reins at quarterback. On the defensive side of the ball, the Tigers have another batch of highly rated defensive linemen to replenish the talent on front that headed to the NFL. They're Failed to reach the college football playoff in each of the last two seasons after making it six straight from 2015 to 2020. So they're going to try and do that again. All right, let's head out west, Steve, to the, the, the Pac-12 Conference. The Pac-12. They have not had a team in a college football playoff since Washington in 2016. That's amazing. And has not seen a team in the title game since Oregon in the first edition of the CFP. In 2014, who's your top pair in the Pac-12 with Utah coming off their conference championship? Yeah, I think uh, I was close to taking Utah again, but I think they're going to fall a little bit short this year. I got to, I have to finish in third. I have US, USC finishing first and Washington finish sec, finishing second and then meeting in the Pac-12 championship game. It was a little unique this year because this is the first year they're not going with divisions. And, of course, now they're the conference is <laughs> in flames. So, unfortunately, yeah, I don't there's a lot of questions going forward with the conference. Yeah, we're gonna have to enjoy, we're gonna have to enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> yeah, so enjoy this season while it lasts, Pac-12 fans. But yeah, I have USC beating Washington in the conference championship game. Yeah, if you like, but it's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great season in this conference. I think there's a lot of really good teams, and week in and week out, there's gonna be some amazing football games. Being that, that's the strangest thing, Steve. That conference is now slowly falling apart. But this season, they may have the most talent in any conference in terms of so many teams that are good. You like uh, Lincoln Riley in year two and, and a possible two-time Heisman winning quarterback in Williams? Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I mean, I think Williams is going to have a great season. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman again. I think he's going to fall short. But, I mean, I, I see USC, you know, another double-digit win season, winning the winning the conference. I even put him in the college football playoff. So wow. I think they're going to be they're going to be the last team in the college football playoff. Now they're going to have to. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, two losses at most is what they're going to have to. Uh, have, but I, I can see him sneaking into that four team in the college football playoff for sure. Um, yeah, they, this got, season. they, so, have, a, they have a tough uh, schedule too. They do have a tough schedule. I mean, there was a, there was a, somebody wrote on Twitter the other day. It was funny. They said, wouldn't it be ironic if 
after everything that happened with uh, when somebody like Oregon State won the conference in this, <laughs> this final <laughs> Big Cinco there, they yeah, really yeah. They, they had a good really quarterback, good flamed if, out at uh... – Yeah, if Ugalele plays really well, I mean, they have the talent. They could win. So, like I said, I, I think that's how good the conference is, anybody in the top five or six. And then, of course, then you got the wild card of, you know, with Colorado being like, you don't know. I mean, you think they're going to be okay, but you never know. I mean, with Dion, I mean, yeah. they they're, they're causing a lot of waves. They, they could – pull a couple upsets you know so i mean bringing his son over to play qb yeah it's gonna be be really fun to watch this year in the pac-12 absolutely i have usc as well their schedule though wow four of the trojans last six games are against preseason top 25 teams they face notre dame utah cal washington oregon and ucla they also play nine straight weeks without a break to end the season but I'm going with year two under Lincoln Riley. He's led to a historic turnaround in his first year with the Trojans. A seven-win improvement from 2021. His 11 wins also tied the school record for the most victories by a first-year head coach. There's no transfer that was bigger than Caleb Williams became the eighth USC Trojan. That includes Reggie Bush. We got, we're not taking away his 2005 award to win the Heisman Williams. Seven player in FBS history to record 40 passing touchdowns, 10 rushing touchdowns in a season. It's the defense, though. They might struggle, allowing the most yards per game and yards per play in program history last season. And the big question mark for the Trojans, they led it by at least 14 points in all three of their losses last season, with two of those defeats coming by a single point. I'm going to agree with you as well with the other Pac-12 team, Washington, 11-2. and Kalen DeBoer, first season last year, including a 27-20 win over number 20 Texas in the Alamo Bowl. Michael Penix Jr., I love this kid. He's going to be back, accounting for 35 touchdowns in the first season with the team. The same amount he had in four seasons with Indiana. Top weapons come back with two 1,000-plus yard receivers returning. Get this. The Huskies and Ohio State are the only FBS programs to return multiple thousand-yard receivers. Their schedule, they're going to have their hands full in November. Washington plays USC on November 4th, home against Utah the next week, and then back on the road against Oregon State, which you just mentioned, on November 18th. The three-game stretch is preceded by road games against Stanford and three Pac-12 road games in four weeks. And we'll have more with Steve Hegel, president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net, right after this. Welcome back to Believe in College Football Legends. I'm Chris Smith, and we're speaking with the president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net, Steve Hegel. Steve, we can't forget about the independents. We have Army, Notre Dame, UConn, UMass. Are the Irish, though, the only ones with a chance? For a bowl game, uh, yes. Yeah. Um, what do you think I- about the year two of the Freeman era? Um, I struggled be- a little bit when nine and four started out zero and two, but they did defeat South Carolina forty-five to thirty-eight in the Gator Bowl to end the season. Yeah, I, ha- I have them going ten and three this year. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to get over the hump in the big games, even though they're playing USC and Ohio State at home. Um, I-, I just I, I, they do have to go travel on the road to play Clemson. I just don't see him overcoming um, the big teams like that to to, to win. I think Hartman's a great quarterback. Um, I think he's going to put up a lot of good numbers. I just, I kind of worry. I just worry about their defense. That's all. Yeah, they they have two. I looked at the schedule. I think they Notre Dame only has two tough games. Ohio State on September twenty third. Three or four of the final five games for Notre Dame are at home, so they get USC at home, 
and they get Pitt and Wake Forest. So it's really going to be if they can get over USC and Ohio State. Wake Forest transfer quarterback Sam Hartman, though, the ACC career touchdown pass record holder with 110 transferred to Notre Dame in January. Hartman, one of seven players to record at least 3,500 pass yards, 35 pass TDs last season, a group that included Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams and NFL draft pick C.J. Stroud. Notre Dame's returning their sack leader as well, but Sam Harden will face some familiar ACC foes, Clemson, Duke, Louisville, NC State, Pittsburgh in 2023, not to mention his old team, the Demon Deacons, on November 18th at South Bend. Hartman finished 4-11 against those five ACC teams during his time at Wake Forest. So we're going to see how Freeman and the Irish get out of the gates. And we can't forget the G5, Steve. The, the group of five. Now, just two years removed from having a team make the college football playoff, the group of five gutted by realignment. Only four group of five teams find their way into the top 60 in most rankings. That's SMU, Tulane, Boise, and Memphis. Let's see if a group of five team will make some noise this season. And the American lost multiple programs. Now the AAC with newcomers Charlotte, FAU, North Texas, Rice, UAB, and UTSA. UTSA comes over after winning two straight conference to USA titles. Can they handle the American Athletic Conference powerhouses like Tulane? I think they're going to do very well, but I think I have them finishing second to Tulane in the conference and losing to the to Tulane in the conference championship game. So I think they're going to have a great season, but they're going to fall, up, fall a little short in terms of winning the AAC in their first season in the league. Yeah, the green wave back, but man, I love the Roadrunners. Won 23 games in the last two seasons while also winning back-to-back Conference USA titles, like I mentioned. Quarterback Frank Harris, almost 10,000 passing yards, 74 touchdown passes, almost 1,800 rushing yards, 24 rushing TDs in 43 career games. The 2022 Conference USA MVP back for his fifth season, so I look for the Roadrunners to make some noise. And like you said, Tulane is the defending conference champ. Went 12-2 and last season. Capping it off with a breathtaking 46-45 win over 10th-ranked USC in the Cotton Bowl. So let's head on over to Conference USA. When last year's champ, like we mentioned, UTSA and runner-up North Texas, both moving to the AAC. Conference USA in for a wild season. Western Kentucky, the most likely to win the conference, followed by Liberty Louisiana Tech and Middle Tennessee. Who do you have there in the conference USA? I have West Kentucky winning the conference and uh, beating Liberty in the conference USA championship, but don't count out Liberty. I mean, they've this would be the first season in the conference um, coming over from being an independent, but they've had some couple great seasons. Malik Willis, of course, moved on a couple years ago to the NFL, but I mean, watch out, new coach coming in. I mean, they're 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 going to be a really tough tough out week in and week out in that conference. That is a good call. Great minds think alike. I got Western Kentucky as well. Finished six and two in the conference with the only losses coming to UTSA in North Texas. Leading the Hilltoppers on offense, redshirt senior QB Austin Reed. Reed finished last season. Tied for third in the FBS with pass TDs 40 and first in pass yards with over 4,700. Reed named the Conference USA Newcomer of the Year last season, and Western Kentucky has finished. Top two in pass yards per game in each of the last two seasons. They're also going to get some teams, like we said, from the FBS, Jackson State, Sam Houston State, bringing the total number of teams in the FBS to 133. But you know that. You've previewed them all. (laughs) 
And let's head on over to the MAC. The MAC wide open, but it seems the top two teams projected to win the title this year, Toledo and Ohio, which comes as no surprise. These two squads faced off in the MAC championship last season. Do you agree? I have Toledo winning the conference again this season and winning the West, of course, winning the West Division, but I have Miami of Ohio winning the East Division. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Why do you have yeah. Miami of Ohio winning the East? Uh, I just think it's the experience coming back that they have. Um, I, I think I think it's going to come down to you know a couple close games, and I, I think they're gonna they're gonna win them, and then Iowa's gonna slip up and lose them, and that's that's just going to be the difference. Uh, it's going to be raised within. I think it's going to be, you know, just maybe just you know like a couple three point games that they're going to win, and maybe even win one, and Ohio just possibly lose one, and that's just going to be the difference in getting into the championship game. But, yeah. That, that would be a nice matchup against especially Toledo, who won the title 17-7 despite finishing just 5-3 and three in conference play. Toledo, though, returns 82% of their offensive production from a season to go six most in the FBS. The Rockets offense led by QB Dequan Finn, who despite battling injuries last season, threw for 23 TDs, added nine more on the ground, a true dual threat. His 631 rush yards last season were the most by a QB in program history. Head back out west, Mountain West it is. Will Boise State continue to reign supreme in the Mountain West Conference? I say yes, they will. Um, this is another conference where they had to split up with the divisions and now back to one conference. Um, and I had them beating Air Force, so I have finishing second in the conference championship game. Ooh, Air Force. What do you like about Air Force this year? Um, it's just another team that just, I, I just think they just, what they're bringing back is just so much veteran leadership. And I, I just think there's just, they had a great season last year. They finished 10 and three, uh, lost a couple of close games. And I think that's going to be the same thing this year, but I think they're going to win a couple more close games. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to seeing them in person at Navy when they play, um, for, um, in the commanders and chief series, uh, on October 21st, I've never, you know, I've been to a couple of games at Naval Academy, but it'd be great to see a game where they're playing one of the other service academies, but yeah, Air Force, I really like them. Um, I haven't been second in the conference. So I have Boise State, of course, winning the conference again, and then winning the conference championship game over Air Force. But I mean, I think it's going to be a heck of a game in early December for the Mountain West conference championship. Well, I have Boise State as well. Eight, no in conference play last season, upset by Fresno. In the Mountain West, a championship game. Boise, though, 22-8 and eight at home on that blue turf, the Smurf turf. And over the last five seasons, second-best home record by a Mountain West team over that span. The Sun Belt, you and I are big fans of the Sun Belt, and it looks like another toss-up conference. Will it be Troy, Marshall, South Alabama, or James Madison winning the conference? Yes, I have South Alabama winning the conference, winning the West Division this year, and then beating Coastal Carolina in the championship game. Wow. Coastal yeah. Carolina getting back into the yeah. ball game as well. What do you like yeah. about South Alabama? Um, I, I just think they're, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's time for them to just take the final jump. Um, I think the experience coming back, what they have, uh, the coach has done a great job. Look at last season, they finished 10 and three, seven and one in the conference. I, I mean, I just think another team, just like air force, I just spoke about several close Several real close losses that I think are going to turn into wins this year, and that's just going to take them over the hump and have them win the win the win that division of the conference, and then of course win the conference championship game. Um, I, one outside dark horse note: I can definitely see James Madison taking a big jump. They were yes. really impressive last year. Last year in the first year in the conference, um, I think one one game for them. I was just reading something the other day and talked about their second game is on the road at Virginia, and with Virginia, I think it's going to be down this year. I think they could definitely pull an upset in that particular game non-conference game of course but you know i think i think that's what's going to show i think james madison's going to be 
right there. If not this year, definitely next year in the Sunbelt Conference for that conference championship game. Yeah, we both love the Sunbelt. Troy won the conference title last season, but James Madison, like you mentioned, held the number one spot in the East Division, but due to NCAA policy requiring two-year transition period for FBS, the Dukes ineligible for postseason play. Coastal Carolina instead represented the East Division, falling to Troy 45-26, but JMU back for their second year of the transition as the NCAA declined a waiver application from the program in the spring, which is ridiculous, and thus will be unable to contend for the Sunbutt title this upcoming season, but they could still hold on and win the East, at least by the numbers. And we have a special guest back on the show, Steve Hegel, president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net. Every year, Steve previews all 133 FBS teams uh, leading up to the kickoff of the college football season. Doesn't end there, though. Every week, analysis, rankings, and more. What else can we look for at justcollegefootball.net, Steve? Yeah, um, all those things. I do a weekly top 10 poll myself. I know that, of course, they have the AP and the coaches poll do top 25. I just do a top 10. Um, along with, I go to I go to games and, and kind of rate the venues. If you've never been to certain venues in college football, I'm still kind of working, kinking out the schedule for this coming season. I'm trying to do an opening uh, weekend doubleheader uh, of um, it'll be Liberty that Saturday, uh, the September 2nd, and then go down for a night game at Virginia Tech. So um, that could be a big uh, doubleheader for the first day. But I got about probably about five or seven trips planned this fall to see different teams at their venues and in you know, stadiums and take it in and tell each college football fan, give a, a review of what I thought of the stadium and how how good it was compared to some of the others. I know. Get, get that video. You did it with the college basketball arenas last season and definitely enjoyed it on Twitter. Yeah, thank you. I, I did several uh, college football games last year, and I'm sure I'll go to some other ones this year. Um, I was looking at going to week two, uh, I think, up, uh, up to Pittsburgh to see them play Cincinnati. Um, I think that would be a great uh, great game in week two. Um, nice. And, well, yeah, not, not a conference game, but still, still a really good. It's going to be a really good robbery game in the future. Absolutely. Make sure you check out justcollegefootball.net. <laughs> And give Steve a follow on Twitter at Steve Hegel. That's H-I-E-G-E-L. All right. It's time to go. Y'all ready for this? Three and out. It's time to go three and out with Steve Hegel of JustCollegeFootball.net. As I mentioned, you previewed all 133 FBS teams. How many man hours did that take? Uh, It didn't take that long. It usually took about uh, probably 30 to 45 minutes for each preview. Um, so I'm know, not good at math, so but that day. sounds like a lot of minutes. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of minutes, an hour or so a day. I enjoy doing it. I love to do it too. It helps me learn learn the players and the teams as well. Um, and I, I think it's that's. I mean, you could you could read all you want, but actually going through the and previewing the teams it actually learns it gets me to learn the teams and some of the teams I wouldn't know as much about going into the season. I plan on doing it for college basketball too, but that'll be not team previews. That'll just be conference previews. So well, it'll we'll be look. a little more. Yeah, we will look out for that. That's why you got to check out just collegefootball.net. And going back to the college basketball season, who are your early favorites coming up? We're both hoops fans, and that season's about to kick off. They're, they've already mentioned who's going to be playing uh, UNC and uh, UConn are going to be matching yeah, up in the Jimmy V uh, Classic. Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy V Classic. Uh, yeah, that should be a great game. I'm actually going to the. Um, we're down there on vacation. We're going to see the games too at the um, Battle for Atlantis. In, oh, nice. Uh, Nassau. I've never been yeah, down there. So yeah. North- they got some yeah, great games good. down there too. Yeah. Great games there. They got North Carolina's in that tournament with Villanova, Texas Tech, uh, Michigan, Memphis, Arkansas. So there's a lot of great teams in that tournament. 
Um, favorites coming out of the gate this season. Um, I haven't really looked into much college basketball yet because I, I haven't gotten into preview magazines. They haven't come out yet or anything. But I'd have to say at the top of the heap, you gotta you got to have Duke there with all they've got coming back and with what they have. I mean, I'm a Carolina fan, but I got to have Duke so there. I, I know. Are they, they going to rebound? Are, are the Tar Heels yeah. going to rebound? I think they are. Yeah, I think they definitely are. Um, I, I think they're going to be really good. I, I think last year, honestly, as, as, as good as the team was, um, the chemistry just wasn't there. It was just that locker room was just, I think, a mess. And I, Man, they brought I back really everybody. Think, that was that's what was so confusing. Yeah, they brought back. I, but did, I don't know. Um, did you see the story about Caleb Love and R.J. No. Davis? Uh, there was a story there and I, I can go. I mean, I, I read it. I thought it was a goof, but it was real. About one was dating a woman and then the other stole the woman from that from oh, him or stole boy. it. And, they, and, they, and, and I think that just from when I read that story in late January, I think it came out. I think that totally dissected the locker room. And I really think that as much as Caleb Love, they probably wanted him to come back. I mean, Hubert Davis probably told him, look, as much as we want you to come back, I think it's probably best that you just you you leave. You know, it's for the for the, for the state of the program. And, and I really think that's why he left. I really don't think he, uh, you know, of course, now he ended up he went to Michigan and now he ended up in Arizona. Um, but yeah. And I, I just think that whole locker room, like with all the guys leaving, that thing just doesn't happen to Carolina. But I think I like what they picked up. They've gotten some good. Uh, Good players, you know, a couple of versatile players, a couple of shooters. Uh, they got the Notre Dame guy, Cormac Ryan. They got Harrison Ingram from Stanford. The freshman is supposed to be great. Um, be interesting to see how much he plays with um, R.J. Davis being the point guard. I think he's a Kadu. I, I, I pronounce his name, Elliot Kadal Kadu, uh, the freshman playing point guard. So, yeah, um, yeah let's see how good he, he is. Um, hearing strong things about UCLA, how good they're going to be this year um, coming back. Um you know, you can't discount UConn. They're the defending champs, and they're bringing a lot back. Uh, and then they're adding some new pieces as well. The Big East is going to be incredible and they have a good this coach, year. Yeah. yeah, and they have a great coach. Yeah, the Big East is going to be incredible this year. I think it's going to be uh, the best conference. The Big Twelve, the Big Twelve, yeah, the Big Twelve will be right up there as well. ACC, I think, will be good at the top end of it. In the middle, middle, okay. Bottom, you don't know. I mean. It's just a lot of question marks there in the ACC at the bottom the last couple of years. Miami, I think, is going to be really good again. I don't think they're going to be able to get back to the Final Four, but I think they're going to have a really good team. Um, you know, those are kind of off the top of my head. The top, I mean, a lot of people are on FAU because, of course, they made the Final Four run. I think they're bringing back almost everybody, but that's hard to duplicate two years in a row. Absolutely. So, like a mid-major team. I'm not, I'm not going against them. I just think that's going to be really hard for them to do two years in a row because they're going to have a much tougher schedule this season from what I've seen. So that's going to be another, another factor. So, All right. But we'll see. I mean, I, nothing. Again, I hope they do well. I just think it's always tough for they'll be in the preseason top 10 for a lot of uh, publications. And, you know, they had a great run, but it's going to be very tough to duplicate that this season. It so, always is. Oh, and there's and there's the final name, final team uh, that's going to be and highly regarded is Michigan State. You can't count them Ooh, out. Oh, Sparty bad? back. Yeah, I got a lot of got a couple of good recruits. And I think he pretty much brought everybody back that he had last year. And they went to the Sweet 16. And I think that conference is so tough night in and night out, uh, the big 10, but I think, you know, they, they got to have one of these years, they got to have a breakthrough and get somebody get <laughs> last couple of years. They've fallen, fallen apart in the tournament, the conference as a whole, you know, they just haven't gotten anybody through past maybe the sweet 16. So they got to have a breakthrough this season and get to get a team in the final four. And I think that could be the team. So. Well, well, not only do we have to look forward to the college football season, but the college basketball season and well, and finally, I'm a foodie. What is your go-to game day meal? You're sitting in front of the TV. What's in front of you? What do you got? Pizza, wings, sandwich, something different? I'd probably say uh, either wings or a cheesesteak. 
Oh, wings or a cheesesteak? You going hot on the wings? Uh, no, just mild. <laughs> going mild. Cheesesteak, whiz with. I know you're down in Maryland, uh, just, so maybe they don't they don't go a little. Yeah, they don't do that. I'm just with basic, an onion. I'm just basic with uh, just like steak and American cheese or steak and Swiss cheese. Yeah, I'm just basic. I, I don't throw. I'm not crazy with all the toppings. Maybe yeah. in some ketchup. <laughs> Keep it simple and let the game be the action. And we've been speaking with. Steve Eagle, president and founder of JustCollegeFootball.net. Give him a follow on Twitter or X at Steve Eagle, H-I-E-G-E-L. Thanks for joining me again, Steve. Uh, thanks again, Chris, having me. Appreciate it. I had a great time and uh, happy to always talk college football. Thanks for listening to the Believe in College Football Legends podcast. Make sure to check out all the prior episodes with Heisman winners, legendary coaches, and sports personalities reliving the greatest plays. You can tweet your questions at the Sports Jesus and join us next week because it will be legendary. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.